going on? Money, what's good, man? We back with another one. Yeah, we back with another one. Season one, episode three of the Money and Belly podcast. I'm Money and this is Belly. So, yep, man, this one's about to be a gritty one. Yeah, I know. Gotta talk <laughs> about the dangers of everything. Gotta caution everybody. Oh, yeah, definitely. This this the stuff that you definitely need to know as you get into the habit of investing. So we're going to start off like with the first topic is on how to lose money. So while you're we're investing, not saying that as a good thing, we're not saying that as a good thing. <laughs> no, we're not saying that as a good thing at all. You know, we're actually going into, you know, the bad, you know, more of the cons. But still, th- this is good for you to learn. You know, and this is not financial advice at all. This is for the entertainment purposes. And I remember that. Always. Yeah. So even though I, I sound excited talking about this, this ain't a good thing. <laughs> like, yeah, how to lose money. <laughs> yeah, tr- tr- trust us. We done been through it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. We done lost money. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this podcast, too. So we're going to. So that's what we started off right there. The first topic, how to lose money. So how you lose money, like why you invest in this starts off, like one of the ways is being greedy. So sometimes you got to know like the stop loss or, you know, when something's going down and then um, you, and then you just wait to go down even further instead of just stopping at one point. Like, for example, you waiting for something to go to 10 cent and then it went down to 12 cent and then you're not really buying it because you're waiting waiting to go down two more cents well you might as well buy it since it's so close you know just to be on the safe side instead of letting it shoot way back up to 50 then you missed out on all the gains and then also um you know not knowing when to cash out after you didn't gain enough you can definitely lose money because it'll like especially with cryptos like you can buy something that's 30 cents and like yeah i put all my money to it it's about to about to shoot up you know, it shoot up to 40 cents. Okay, you're not taking money out. And it drops all the way back down to what? Like 10 cents and you lost a whole lot of money there. Exactly. And a quick thing, this is for you holders too. I'm talking about long-term investors. Don't think y'all out of the waters. This applies to y'all too. Yep. If you, long, <laughs> if you long-term, you want to pick up a little bit more as the ride goes on, right? So of course, there's going to be some dips, some price drops. Don't miss out on the price drops to get some more. This goes for y'all too. You can miss opportunities as well being a, a holder or a long-term investor. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. And especially if you didn't invest into the right thing, that's gonna that's gonna hurt even more because people have been putting to their their money into shares, you know, whether it's a stock or crypto, that drops down and stays down too, and they still holding it for the long term. Like not give not giving up on it. Yeah, it's like that famous phrase, you got no one to hold them and no one to fold them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sometimes, like, you got to cash out or reinvest some shares sometimes. Because that's from my experience, too. Yeah, I join, like, I enjoy some of the games, but I know, but I know like, when it's time to put it into something else sometimes, too. Because we both can learn from being greedy and from missing out on games and, and from just, you know, just losing completely just losing exactly <laughs> good plenty of stories for that 
Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, no matter no matter what you're doing, whether you're doing options, whether you're doing um, cryptos, long term, short term, you just got to remember that this all applies. You know, and it's a mental game too. That's the thing with the market. It, it is a it is a mental game. So you have to so you have to get good at that as well. You know, know when to be patient. You know, and then that and then that's the thing that can make you lose money too is being impatient. Or being emotional, but yeah, definitely impatient. Yeah, because you can um like I, that's what I did with a stock. You know, that's how I missed out on um missed out on some gains. For real, I just put my money into that. I was like, Yeah, I know it's gonna go up, but I didn't give it enough time. You know, then it then it went up like five times and then I already then sold it, you know, because I didn't wait long enough. And then if hey. that yeah, and if that went down, I would have lost money. <laughs> <laughs> it stayed at the same price. I all I had to wait oh, was a couple more weeks. But yeah, and go ahead. No, I was saying, well, yeah, with the cryptos and um stock market, it, it, like you said, it goes back to it's a mental game, and you have to be patient with this game. A lot of things aren't going to come instantaneously. Sometimes not even within the same day. You're going to have to wait. It's almost like a strategy game. Can't execute your moves too soon. Sometimes you just gotta sit, watch, and listen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it takes yeah, a definitely. lot. It and takes it, yeah, a lot. It takes it takes a lot to do that too. You know, some people you know know already from watching other people, or some, but a lot of people learn from experience too. Like, like I hear the stories. Um, you know, I'd have been through it. Belly and been through it too. You'll learn. You'll learn quickly that it's a that it's a mental game, and it breaks a lot of people too. You know, yeah. Some some people when they take that first loss, like I'll I'll say this like right out the gate. Even even though we're hoping to get people into um investing, whether it be cryptos or stocks, unfortunately, this might not be for everybody. Even though we tell you you can do long term, you can do passive. And I pay too much attention to even still that might not be for everybody. Investing might not be for everybody. That's why we try to show different avenues, maybe real estate or or create a small business. Uh, entrepreneurship, do other things that can make another stream of income because technically stocks and cryptos investing basically just might not be for everybody. So like we said, it is a mental game. And especially if you're doing it on a daily basis, like, say, day trading or swing trading, it's really going to test your mental capacity of how much you can take and how much you can go through. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to go through. It can be a little stressful, especially when you literally do have money riding on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's another thing, too. It definitely can be stressful because I've seen people – you know, put put money into this coin that everybody was on, you know, just, you know, thousands of dollars just to just to sell it, you know. And then and then that's that's the thing, too. That's another example of being impatient. And then what is, what is important is, like, if you know something is good and you put your money into it, especially for the long term, that consistency matters. You know, you got to like you got to be consistent with it, too. I know I know like we need the money, you know, need to take out um share sometimes to do what we need to do but make sure you and don't just don't stop it there you know just keep keep doing it doing it if you had the chance to and you know not give up so easily because it might 
do what you want to do in the future and then you selling it for something you need and not, you know, continue building back up or rebuild it, you know, you're going to miss out on money too. Exactly. You're going to miss out on money. So be sure to list all his information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, write all this down. Light a stick. Uh, all right. you know, unless, unless you want to be reminded the hard way. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I think you're still going to be reminded the hard way because, again, everybody's going <laughs> to go through something. Everybody goes through it. And like he was saying, being impatient, that goes into the term uh, we call like FOMO, which is this acronym for fear of missing out. Again, this goes back to being impatient. Let's say there's a certain wave or a certain stock or even crypto and everybody's like, oh, this crypto is shooting up. Look how much it's worth. You can make some money off of this. And you hearing it on the sideline, like, I got to get on it get in on this. All my friends, I see people on Facebook making money. I got to hurry up and hop in this. And some people will literally dump a good majority of their money into the stock of crypto and it doesn't pan out the right way. Say like the price plummets or something like that. And they don't know what to do. They threw all their money into it. That's because they got too emotional. If you were just patient, not even for a stock, not even for the price to drop. You just could have been aware of the market seeing that this uh, particular crypto stock wasn't going to go up anymore or just wait your chance, wait for the price to drop instead of pouring your money in right when the price is at its highest. Which that is never a good thing to do. Never a good thing to do. Like wait and listen. Stop being so impatient. Just sit there and wait. Exactly. You know, and that's yeah, that's the point that we're trying to make there. You know, one of the points. And then, um, yeah. So that so that's called FOMO right there. And then there's also another word called fudding. You know, which is another term that we're going to go over. And then, um, and then we'll talk about like how news affects the markets. You know, later on. You know, like down the topics. But yeah, so fudding is fear, uncertainty, and doubt too. So so that's what causes a lot of people to sell. That's the exact opposite of FOMO. It, it causes a lot of people to sell, and then that that can affect the market too. So if you hear some news, or like you um, get a whole bunch of YouTube videos or videos all over social media about talking about what happened to this company or what happened with this um, certain crypto. You know, whether it's a uh, hacking or, you know, it's just something bad. Um, it's going to be bad enough to cause people to sell and it's going to put that fear in you to sell. And then sometimes it's not always right too, just depending on the case. Like you can miss out on money like that too. Like, you, you know, it caused you to sell, you know, without you doing a proper research. And then it's actually, then it actually went up in price because it wasn't um, what they said it was. And then you end up, you know, either losing money or missing out on money. Depending on where the price was at. Exactly. This all goes back into emotions. Like another thing, you can be too scared or be too fearful of something. And what I mean by that is, like say in a trade, the setup is perfect. You're right where you want to be. The price, the price is at a, you know, it's reasonable to buy it at, but you're too scared to buy it. I'm not saying to the point you think about, should I throw all my money in it? No, always be responsible. You can throw some, throw what you're willing to lose. But at the same time, you're just too scared. You're wondering if this price is going to drop. Is it really going to skyrocket? 
Am I making the right decision? Don't be scared if you did if you've done your research and you're patient and you conquer like you know your mental fears. You don't have to be scared. Yes, there's still a risk, but don't be scared. That's another way you can miss out on money or lose money just by being too emotional or fearful. Yeah, that, anger too. You can be too angry. Oh yeah, too angry and frustrated. <laughs> You know, exactly. you know, because you like consistent losses. You're like, man, this this market ain't going nowhere, man. I need to do something else. Take all your money out and then miss out on uh, like on all them gains that you could have had too. Like like a year or two from now too. Like a lot exactly. of people <laughs> willing to wait that long. Which brings me to um another term. You know, I mean, we already talked about like FOMO, and then we already talked about fudding. Um. This kind of goes out of uh, under fighting too. Like it's called shakeouts. You know this. This is you know well, like whether you in crypto or you in stocks. Like um, yeah. There's there's another term called shakeouts. So it's basically what I explained. Like some news happened with this company a share, then um that caught that caused you to sell, and then like the percentage of traders like decreases, but they're all getting the most games because. You know, it, it wasn't what what it seemed it was. You know, or or it was what it was. You know, both, it just it wasn't as bad as it seemed. Yeah. So, so yeah. So another way. So shakeouts right there. So there's flooding. There's foam, foaming. There's shakeouts. Uh, th- those are the different terms that you're going to hear. You know, while you're getting active in in investing and also doing the research, like you. So it's the terms you're going to hear. Or you're going to end up reading, and then you, then you look up to see what that word word actually means, probably an urban dictionary or something. Or you're going to go through it yourself and find out what, truly what that <laughs> means, <laughs> and know what it means without knowing how to explain it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, and then we're going to go into like this. This is going to go on like losing money too. Like scams, you know. The, oh uh, yeah, the scam story. And this is definitely, you know, for crypto because there are different ways that hackers get to a person's funds, and it's and it's crazy, you know, when you find this out. Like um, there um, but before I go about the hackers, we're gonna go about like what we mentioned in the other podcast, you know, while we was having that debate, I mean, not podcast, but episode while we was having that debate, like when I mentioned pumping dumb, like remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure even the crypto newbies heard about a pumping dump, but I'm going to go ahead and explain it anyway. Cause um, it's when like these founders of a certain coin that comes out, doesn't matter whether it's a meme coin or they said it does something. So they come out with this coin, have a whole bunch of people buy it. You know, the price goes up, but the people but the people who created the coin had the most shares in the first place. So they're going to sell all that. The price goes down. People lose money who who bought into it. And then they just collect it all. And the price never goes back up. So so those are pumping dumps right there. And one and of them same is sense. I hate to cut you off in the same sense. Me, people like me, and you, we can do pumps and dumps, too. It's on a small scale, but it's just for our personal gain. Cause we know this particular stock of crypto isn't gonna go anywhere. Not necessarily become famous, but at this point in time, 
we know it's not going nowhere. We know we can make a quick buck off of it. So what we do, we pump our money into it. As soon as we get uh, the profit we want or it hits our target price, we sell it. We dump it. That's what a pump and dump is. We can do it, too, just not on the same scale. Uh, nope. And then uh, so one of the coins um, that I was going towards was uh, Squid, Squid Game, if you ever heard of that one. <laughs> Because <laughs> there was a show, a hit TV show called Squid Games, and then they made a crypto, uh, released a crypto called Squid Game, and then uh, it went up high, and then it went straight down. Like the, like the founders that who had the most shares, then sold out, ain't do nothing else with the project, and it's just been down ever since. So yeah, so everybody. And that's a big problem in crypto too, and especially people making their own cryptos. They can lure you into that, um, what they're doing with their project, also. So yeah, there, there's a whole lot of pump and dump coins, you know, up until I believe when crypto gets regulated. But yeah, that's so that's that's one of the that's one of the scams that you got to watch for. Then the other thing is um, involving these hackers too. Like one of the scams, I'm a name is called sim swapping and then there's stories behind sim swapping also so this one story i'm gonna go over about sim swapping is this um one guy who like he has a family him and his wife was storing cryptos um on the exchange which which you shouldn't be doing anyway you know you should be holding your own private keys like i said before that's another that's another way to lose money too just holding it in the exchanges and giving the exchanges control of your private keys. So he held it on exchange. That's, that's one way he messed up. So he held it on exchange. And then this hacker got a hold of his information too, enough to where he can convince um, his service carriers to give access to his phone number. And so he put his, so he got access to his phone number on another SIM card on a blank one. And he ended up using um, his phone number to get into his account with this um, two-factor um, ver- verification. So one of the ways to verify that that there's actually you in that account is they send a code and a text message to your phone. But since he had access to his phone number, then he received the text messages. And then that's how he got into his account. And then he took his coins, every single one of them, $75,000 worth of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you gotta you gotta be careful with your information, and be definitely be careful, especially when you're investing in cryptos. Knowing how to store them is just just as important as knowing how to get them, or even more important than know how to get them. Like I like when I teach people, I teach people how to store them properly, and then I and then I stress don't give away your private keys, which is um, which caught which is going to cause me to jump into another story too. Like um, you give away your private keys, they got access to your coins because your private keys is what you're supposed to be writing down. Okay, not storing them on your devices where a virus can reveal them. Don't sh- don't let people see them. I wouldn't even put my camera towards it. That's how bad it is. So there's this one guy who ended up getting seventy five grand taken from him too. But see, he didn't he didn't keep it on exchange though. He had it in a he had it in the wallet. I think he had it in the hardware wallet, if I'm not mistaken. Hardware or software wallet, you store your private keys anyway. So he had it in the actual wallet, not in exchange where you buy coins off. So he so he was getting help from 
what what he thought was customer service. And, you know, the hacker tricked them into thinking that um, they were customer service. They tricked them into giving them a foot like um, they tricked them into entering his private keys. No, they, you know, he thought if he was give them his keys that they could help him. But no, that so as soon as they got a hold of his private keys, they stole 75 grand off his wallet. So and then and then that like a lot of people ain't the same after having that much money taken from, them, especially if they need it for the future. Like I guess not. This I definitely awful. wouldn't be the same. You take seventy five from me. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be the same either. Uh, and then even if even if you're like, oh man, because because remember I showed you the screenshots, like um, when this guy was um having all the stakes. This is going to yeah, go on the yeah. time. Yeah, because just in case I don't know what a stake is, is people have a certain amount of coins and then they um, set it up to earn interest off them. That, that's, that's what staking is. It, uh, staking is just, you know, earn, earning extra coins and crypto, you know, earning your dividends. So he had, so that's one stake, but he had 11 stakes destroyed because how the system works. Somebody had got a hold of his private keys and then try to access his funds, but his but um, most of his funds end up getting destroyed though because they was getting because he was trying to take them out too early. But he but regardless, he lost all that money. Like he like I'm I'm looking at this, like he lost four hundred thousand, losing five hundred thousand, then another um stake worth forty million, he lost, and you know, so on and so on. But yeah, that's that's a lot of money. You know, and that that's why you should keep keep your keys close. Don't share them. Do not share your keys to anybody. You're the only person supposed to know your keys. No one else. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't let nobody else um, have access to your cryptos, which is why you should not storm on on an exchange. You know, where you buy these cryptos off of, which is going to lead me to explain like the situation with this Netflix documentary called trust. No one, the hunt for the crypto King. Remember I told you about that movie just a second ago. <laughs> yeah. You were just explaining <laughs> it. to me. I ain't never heard it. Yeah. So I looked at, so I looked at the whole documentary It's real interesting too, but you know, it made me want to be even, um, made me want to stress even more about security. You know, whether I'm on a podcast or whether I'm teaching my students, too, about why you should store your cryptos properly, too, because this guy up in Canada then made an ex exchange, a crypto exchange, you know, where people can, um, you know, buy crypto, send, send their crypto there. People were storing it on there, you know, and they were storing like like half a million and more. So he had all. So he had um the founder had all the keys. So the site, the site end up shutting down and he went to another country and supposedly died. So a lot of people who had no, so everybody who had their crypto stored on there, like that, they, they, they lost the money because he had all the keys and they, and nobody knows if this guy is really dead or not. I doubt he's even dead. And I'll, then I'll explain that. Um, yeah, pro yeah, probably. Yeah, because we're on the subject on ex um, exchanges shutting down. 
too. So, you know, well, well, we'll get to that, you know, later on. But right now we're still talking about, you know, talking about scams because this is actually one of the biggest ones. But but yeah. And then this guy was working with people who like who was also convicted on um, stealing people's information like he had a identity theft pool which is why like researching is is important too like researching and especially studying the founders is important too because it, it can save you from situations like that so so we're gonna jump into the topic about um exchanges shutting down so i'm gonna go ahead and pass it all to Ellie. All righty, let's get into it. Now, unfortunately, just like how money had things with scams, some of uh, the stock exchanges had a certain habit of shutting down. And to give you an example, I give um one of my personal stories. It didn't happen to me, but it happened at the particular time, and it still ties into crypto because at this point, I was um I was on Robinhood and around. Well, actually, a little ways before that, they already had Dogecoin on there, but I had um, purchased some a while back and, you know, just waiting for the price to go up. Around this particular time, this is when Dogecoin was shooting up to around 50 or 60 cents. And to give you an idea, like, I want to say six, seven months before that, I bought it when it was around, like, 15 cents. And I bought a good amount of it. So, as the price is shooting up, you know, you got people on YouTube, you know, Facebook, on, on Discord, just just chatting about it, just waiting for the price to go up. They're ready to sell it when it hits their strike price. Literally, as I'm watching it, because I'm ready to sell, um, I'm re- I'm selling it in two stages. The whole goal, people wanted it to reach like 70 cents. And in the end, it did. But I wasn't too too sure it was going to do it. So this goes into having plans. My plan was when it got around to, I want to say 40, 50 cents, I was going to sell half of what I have. And if it did reach 70 cents, I would sell the rest. But at the time being, if it reached 50 cents, I'll sell half. I won't go sell all of it because potentially I could lose out on more. I'm not sure yet. That's why I said I will only sell half. If I sell half and the price go down, I can still make a profit. But either way, as I'm, you know, formally this plan of waiting for things to happen, some people on the exchanges like Robinhood or actually even on some of these cryptos exchanges on, I think, Webull as well, which is another uh, stock exchange platform, they were unable to cash in. What I mean by that is they were unable to sell their cryptos at that price, like I want to. I want to say like Robinhood, like a couple days before that, put out a note, a notice saying like um they're having uh, maintenance issues, so the platform is going to shut down for a little, a little while, while the price was like at forty or fifty cents, and then when it dropped down like to thirty or twenty cents, you know, it'll, the maintenance will be done, or some people would literally was not able to sell their money. I mean, sell their um cryptos. They wouldn't get the uh, profit from it. They'll sell it, but they'll never get the return from it. Dude, they'll have like a maintenance thing, a schedule of uh, maintenance around the time where Doge was at its highest and knowing people were going to sell at that time. There was other exchanges that shut down or had other problems around this time. 
but the most notable one was Robin Hood, and their excuse was it was such a large amount of people, you know, cashing in at the time. The the system, the mainframe, couldn't handle it. That was the excuse. That was publicly put out. So the same thing with stocks. I mean, cryptos getting hacked. Uh, with certain stock exchanges, we, I want to say some of the newer ones, like Robinhood and a few other ones, have a habit of uh, shutting down. I wouldn't say a habit, but it has happened a couple of times. I've noticed it. It happened a couple of times. And yep. it didn't shut down on me. I, I sold it. It's funny. I sold it like a few hours before they had that schedule maintenance. So I did make my return off of it. Yeah, and you won't get too greedy, right? <laughs> won't get too yeah, greedy. <laughs> yeah, mo- yeah, moving in with caution. Now, yeah. I did essentially lose a little. I didn't lose money. I still made a profit, but it wasn't much as it was originally because, again, just going back to not knowing when to fold them, I was still holding on a little bit because it reached 70 cents. Like I want, not, not while, like I wanted to. My plan was to sell the other. I say, you know what? This goes back into you know FOMO and fudging and uh, believing in the hype, and I, I guess watching and reading everything kind of seeped into my mind. I'm like, maybe it can reach a dollar, which it potentially could. But stick with your plan. You have a plan in case things go south. That's what the plans are for. I should have sold the other half of my. Um, my holdings of a uh, doge at 70 i think as long as it hits 70 cents i don't care 72 73 i was selling right there i still held on and watched it drop to like around 60 i want to say 66 then i sold it which i could have made more if i sold it at 70 like my initial plan was still made a profit but this goes back into following your plan don't no, don't believe in the hype. Don't get emotional or let things cloud your judgment. I had a plan, it was structured, and it was the best, you know, risk to reward ratio. It was leveled out enough for me. I was comfortable with, but I didn't follow the plan. Yes, I still made a profit, but I knew I could have made more if I just stuck to the plan. But no, I digress. But yeah, stocks, um, exchanges. Like I said, most notably, Robinhood had a few times where they shut down or just schedule maintenance around the time Doge was going up. Yep, Doge, GameStop, AMC. Oh yeah, got about GameStop. <laughs> yeah, that happened. That happened like the next day too. I remember that work. I was at work, you know, waiting for the market to open, and I, then I looked, and it said it said the network thing. No maintenance. No, they needed maintenance, but I already do what that was about. (laughs) People making no money. See, and then you gotta watch for things like that too, which is why it's um good to have more than one exchange. You know, you don't have to just have Robinhood, you know, you can have Weeble along with that and uh Fidelity too. Or stash or um if you want like a more intricate because Weibo is fine too. I just don't. I don't like the look of some of the metrics on there. Like I'm, I'm just not hip to it. It's still a good exchange. I just don't like how the platform looks. That's just a personal. That's that's a personal thing for me. It's not a problem for others. Nothing, I got nothing bad to say about Weibo. It's just I don't like the look of it. That's all. I'm just not. I'm just not comfortable yeah. with the look. There's another uh, exchange, uh, Tasty Works. 
is another uh, stock exchange where you can um, essentially uh, day trade or swing trade easy too. TD Ameritrade. Oh yeah, so I, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard a tasty works before. <laughs> sound crazy. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's recently. Um, may I think it's been around for a little bit. I haven't done too much research into it, but I know uh people use Tasty Works as well. Cause one thing I think if you pull up like say, oh example like you know credit spreads. Like you wanted to know the definition of a credit spread or something, which I'll talk about that a little later in this um episode. Oh yeah, and then you can um go in on your horror story too. <laughs> you oh, yeah, I ain't forget because uh, it's 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 pretty crazy. It's sad too, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely sad. Which is why, like, which is why we 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 giving this example of how like it it can just mess with your mind. You know, the market just mess with your mind. Like um, like I remember I was looking at these YouTube videos. You know, while I was um, learning about trading. And, you know, talking about beginners going into the market, like how, you know, people, usually people that don't know that much be having this coincidence where every time, you know, they like sell at a lower price that they had invested for, then it goes back up or then it goes back up. They buy, then it goes back down every time. And for people like that, that run into that problem, the best advice I can give to you, even if you learn nothing else, literally buy low and sell high. If the price is lower than what it originally was, buy it. <laughs> if the price is higher than when you bought it for, sell it. Buy low, sell high. <laughs> yeah. Sell it. Sell it. Reinvest it. Do whatever you have to do. Do whatever you got to do. Just buy low and sell high. People run into this problem. This goes into FOMO and all other things. When they see the price Oh, it's at, it's at $450. It's worth something. They buy it, and then the price drops. Oh, it's only worth $420. I'm, I'm losing money. It's time for me to sell it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, man, that gets so many people, too. Man, and then that and that's the thing uh, with buying low and selling high. That's that's the con about that, too. Like, you get so used to buying low. It's like you're looking for, like, the next thing that's under a penny that's going to blow up, and then you miss out on other opportunities like uh, you miss out on shares that's like seven dollars and then um that um went up to like 200 because there was one share that actually did it um i can't remember the name right now but it was literally seven dollars then went up to a couple hundred mm-hmm. and people could have went in went in on that not thinking because that that's technically not an expensive share is it's expensive compared to what you're used to right so yeah, people who was so used, like like me, was so used to buying stuff for pennies and under pennies. Like nah, nah, you know it's a dollar. That's too expensive. I need all these shares. And then it goes up. Like you, then you definitely feel like you missed out because you was looking right at it when it was that low. Same thing with Ethereum. People could wish they could have bought it when they when it was like a hundred dollars at the time. Now Ethereum was like nearly what four grand. Yeah, something like that. Three, four grand, definitely. Yeah, three, four grand. You know, uh, people wanted to buy all the cheap, cheap shares, which nothing wrong with that. But yeah, like you get the point I'm trying to make. Like you just get so used to like just buying low that you miss out on um, other things that's just going to shoot up anyway. Exactly. Don't be afraid to spend a little money. Of course, spend responsibly. 
Don't spend yeah. all you have. Spend what you're willing to lose. But don't be afraid to spend a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We like just like man, people threw their li- throw their life savings into these shares at times too. Just like in that documentary I told you about, there's this one guy who literally threw all his savings, like like four or five hundred thousand dollars worth of his savings into this um crypto um exchange that end up shutting down anyway and taking all his money. Right. It's it's like when it when it comes to these type of situations, it's like they go to Las Vegas, they go to a gambling table, and as soon as they get the hand dealt, I'm going all in. That is <laughs> that's what it seems like to do. Why are you storing your whole entire savings there? Again, I'm not financial advisors. I'm not telling you what you do. You do what you want to do with money, but it seems kind of uh <laughs> asinine to do that. Why are you throwing your entire savings in there? Man, you should have seen my reaction when I was looking at that documentary and that guy said he did that and ended up moving into another house because of it. I was like, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Oh, uh, yeah. This, this is why we got the podcast to, you know, teach and you know, kind of instruct people a little bit on what to do and what not to do, things to watch out for. That's the whole, you know, point of this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, if you're listening... Yeah, yeah, definitely keep an open mind and, you know, listen more than once if you have to, just just to remember, just to have it in your head. Ain't no, but, and speaking about, you know, savings thing, that, that um, makes me think about the story I told you uh, earlier. And this, uh, this goes into the horror stories of, um, no, the stock market. And like like I said, I'll give my um my own personal horror story too. But I think this is probably one of the biggest ones as far as from my side and stocks. Where um it was a kid. Well, actually, I, I don't want to say kid. At the time, he was um 20 years old. I can't remember his full name. I'm just gonna say Antonio. And like I said, it's a pretty sad story. I like I, I gave my condolences to the family, not personally, but you know. Just knowing about what happened, send it through chat, whatever, on um, YouTube videos, posts, or whatever the case is. Because it's, it's a pretty sad story. I felt bad for the kid. Or I shouldn't say kid. I felt bad for the dude. Right. And I'm not going to I'm not saying this, this is not the, what exactly happened. This is not his fault. This does go back into saying, like, this is why you need to study and understand terms and concepts or techniques in trading or, or cryptos like you need to do your due diligence and research again this is not his fault we're not holding him accountable for anything because what happened to him should have never happened it should have never happened so it was this guy named um antonio he was actually doing um day trading he was trading options like what i do he was trading options so unfortunately the story had to take a sad turn. He um committed suicide because of, of what happened. He saw a deficit in his account. Basically, when he opened his account, he saw that he owed like I can't remember the exact price. It was definitely over like seven hundred thousand dollars. It showed Man. on his account that he owed seven hundred thousand dollars. I think he was twenty years old. How is it, you know, I wouldn't say you're fairly new, but, you know, you just kind of invest in the opium thing and you see that you owe 700000 Not like, not seventy, not 700000 not 7000 
And unfortunately, like I said, again, still a sad story. I just hate to get even deeper into it. Like, you know, he left a, a little note for his family explaining kind of like why he um did what he did. So I want to say assumptions for one, for me just watching videos of other people talking about the situation and giving their inputs. What I what the assumption is he was trading options. And I'm pretty sure you're asking, how do you get seven hundred thousand dollars, I guess, in debt and options? Technically, you can if you don't spend responsibly, but th that's not what he did. Again, this is not his fault. What he was doing was something I'm, I'm assuming called uh, credit spreads. And credit spread is a it's a term. It's a technique you use in um, options trading. Like, say there's a particular stock. Again, I'll go back to what an option is. An option is a contract. It's to write the right. You're not obligated to do it. It's the right to buy a certain stock or share at the particular price at a certain time. You have a time limit to purchase it at that price stated in the contract. It's not obligated. You have the right to do it. You can, You don't have to accept it. It's just giving you the uh, kind of like decision that, hey, you ha we have it in contract that you can buy this stock at a certain price by, the, uh, by this date. That's all the option is. And for the story, when you, when you own an option contract, each option contract gives you the right to buy 100 shares at that certain price. So one option contract is worth 100 shares. Now, now keep that in mind for the story. This is how, again, with the information we've all been given, I'm assuming this is how he got 700000 in debt. When you're doing credit spreads, what you usually do is sell a put. And puts are basically low down definition. It's like you're betting against the market saying it's going to go down. You either buy a put saying, when I buy a put, if a uh, stock, if Apple's worth dollars right now. If I buy a put, I'm basically essentially betting that the market is going to go down. So I right. said, well, you know, I'm going to buy a put at $90. If the stock is hoping that the price would drop to $90 and below, the further it goes, the more money I make in my contract. If it hits $90 or below, that's what a put is. A call or going long is the opposite. I'm hoping it'll go up. If, uh, if Apple's worth $100, I will buy an option call for like $120. So if it reaches $120 or even hopefully, again, I hope it goes further than $120. I'll make even more money. As long as it reaches $120, like it stated in my contract, by the end date. Keep in mind, these uh, contracts have an expiration date. As long as it reaches that price or above it by expiration date, I can cash in on it and make that money. That's that's what options is, and that's what a call is. So again, with credit spreads, you could do something called selling a put. That means I'm selling shares I don't have. It was a naked put. We call it naked puts. You sell something you don't have. So when you sell a put, you get a credit in return. Like this goes into buying at a particular price, and um, how long to expiration date. All that fluctuates the actual price of the contract. Like it could have been the price of the contract could have been worth twenty dollars, but 
say it expires today, then it's only going to be worth $10. But say it expires like six months from now, well, that contract might actually be worth $40. And where the strike price is will dictate, again, how much that contract is worth. But not to get too far from the story, he did a, a certain technique called a credit spread, where, again, it didn't show what stock he bought or how much he bought of it. But just going back, you know, mathematics and stuff like that, you can buy more than one contract at a time. So you got to remember, once one contract is worth 100 shares. Now, say he bought 10 contracts and say that particular stock was worth $10. Again, each contract is worth so oh, you do the math. 100 times 10, which is 1,000. Okay, well, say he bought 10 of those. That's 10,000. Say he bought, you know, 70 of those. That's 70,000. Like, you get what I'm saying? This is what adds up. And that's just off a $10 contract. Say the contract was worth like $100. Then you start getting an astronomical amount. This is where you get into that, you know, or not even uh, $100. It could be like 50, you know, 60. Whatever, this is where you start getting into the hundreds of thousands if you bought a certain amount of contracts. And when you sell puts or when you when you buy options, when you do options trading, there's a thing called assignment. And what that means is, again, these option contracts have an expiration date. There's a thing called exercising the option. Remember, the contract states you don't have to buy it. It gives you the right. Well, that's true, but in the instance that it's near the expiration date and you haven't sold off your contract, you can get assigned to it. And that means for uh, stocks is a two-party system. For every buyer, there's a seller. For every seller, there is a buyer. Since he sold that put and received the credit, somebody had to buy it. So when he got assigned... That meant somebody on the other side um, exercised their right to buy the, um, the the shares, that contract for 100 shares. Well, remember in the, earlier in the story, he didn't actually have those shares. He sold a naked put and he received the credit. So that money had to be forked up. So on his account, that's why it shows 700000 But there's a here's the other thing to the technique he was doing when we call it a, 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 a credit spread, you sell a put, and at the same time, you'll buy a put at a um, lower price than the one you sold it for. By doing that, instead of selling naked put, the one you bought is kind of like a backup system in case somebody exercises their right on the other side. Can remember, you sold naked puts and now you bought. Uh, a put too. It, it kind of like cancels each other out, so you only lose within the difference of the price. And he did the technique correctly, where he did, you know, he did this credit spread correctly, where it did protect him. But here's the thing: on Robinhood, it will literally show the deficit on your account, and then this goes back into knowing information and studying and figuring out exactly what you're doing and what type of technique you're doing and all the nuances of it 
But again, I think some of the fault lies on Robin Hood, where it showed the seven hundred thousand dollar deficit of what he owed. So the other um the in the credit spread, the one that he bought, it should have kicked in and only would have showed like maybe him missed owing like a hundred dollars. But for some reason, the way the Robinhood system works, it shows you that deficit, even though that you don't owe that money. That's not true. You don't own that money. You don't owe that money. That's not that's not true. When you do the uh, technique, he did it correctly. It should not show it. But for Robinhood system, it does show it. And again, he didn't know. He didn't know that. So all he's seeing is seven hundred thousand dollars that he owes seven hundred thousand. How are you going to pay that at 20 years old? So unfortunately, he left a note and um committed suicide. Like I said, a sad story. I know I went a little bit longer with the story, but I had to explain a couple terms a little bit in order to get the point across. Yeah, and this is a good example of why you should do your research too to avoid misunderstandings. That's for one, and then two, just to save you from other people. Also, you know, just like I was talking, making a point about these hackers earlier. Um, because, and then this goes into cryptos too, because like when you study cryptos, like, um, you have to, you'll, you'll come across like, um, these videos or when you read about it, like you'll come, you'll come across scams, but you'll know not to get scammed. Like, um, when you study cryptos, you'll know that they come, that each crypto comes with a certain address just in case you have to add them. And then I'll talk more about it. Like, um, like in episode four or like in the further episodes, like how we explain how to get access to all this stuff. But one of the ways, like when you study in cryptos and you do your, um, do your good enough research, you'll, you'll know that these coins come with a certain address just in case you have to add it. Um, when you have to get it from an exchange, especially from a decentralized exchange. So, and then sometimes, um, when these, right, when these cryptos come out, like for green zone, for example, Somebody, this coin came out and then somebody, you know, ended up making a fake one too. So like while you're getting it from a decentralized exchange, when it was on Tron at one point, now it's on um, another chain. But when it was on one, um, like Tron link at one point, uh, you, all you had to do was add the address. So, so then you can just add, um, buy the coin whenever you want to but you have to add the right address. So they had to put, so because of that hacker um, who made a coin just like it, just like the GZX coin, but with a different address, Green Zone had to put the uh, right address on their website for people to add. If not, then you're going to get scammed. Like you're going to buy a worthless coin and they're just going to uh, collect your money. And then that's also going to um, lead and as far as talking about terms, um, when you get into cryptos, you're going to hear about airdropping or airdrops. So what airdrops are is when you receive certain cryptos for holding another cryptos. It's not like staking, but um, like say if you had had a coin like XRP and then Sologenics just came out. You know, the, like or a whole new company that, that's going to build off that platform. They're going to start releasing coins for the people who had this coin first, you know, a certain amount each each coin. So you're getting free coins for holding a certain coin, like in whether it's going to be an exchange or in your wallet. 
So, and then there's different ways to get airdrops too, you know, to get these free coins. So people, you know, based on the news, there's people out here making fake airdrop websites. It was like, oh yeah, we're going to be, this website supports the airdrop for this coin. All you have to do is put your coin on this website on a certain day, and then you get these free coins airdropped to you. And then they end up running off with people's money. So researching can, like, can, you know, save you. You know, this is this is why studying is important. You know, not just, um, not only study the founders, you know, um, just like the point I was making about um, this, this Bitcoin documentary that I told y'all about earlier, where these founders were just sketchy from the start. But um, there, there's also another, um, another scam, like, um, like now, now these scammers trying to get into the metaverse now. And then I researched some founders like from the hyperverse who started scams before they even started the hyperverse, you know, the metaverse platform. And now they're on the run with people's money too. So I had, to, I had to warn some people about that also. So yeah, if you don't, like if you just jump into something right away and then you don't re do your research, you can, you can get hurt. Or if you don't know enough about the thing, just like I told you about coins and the addresses, then, then you end up trying to copy, you know, an address and end up without knowing that um, these, these things can be fake, you know, without checking them properly, then yeah, um, you can lose your money too. All right, I'm back. What's good? Hey, sorry, folks. We got some technical difficulties over here <laughs> again. <laughs> we promise we'll get it fixed eventually. Been <laughs> <laughs> three episodes straight. <laughs> uh, at least it won't as bad as the other two. Exactly. Exactly. We're gonna work it out. You know, just starting out. But uh, again, we're gonna hop back like nothing ever happened. So I left off where I'm uh, talking about it wasn't dude's fault. The one in the story with the 700,000 um, deficit, it wasn't necessarily his fault. Like I say, he was fairly new. I assume so because he knew enough to execute the technique, but I guess didn't understand the nuances of it. So like I say, it wasn't necessarily his fault. And then again, some accountability got to be hold on Robin Hood's point, but like even showing him that knowing that he did not owe, he did not owe that much that his account wasn't in that much of a deficit. So that's why you always got to do your due diligence, research, learn, gain more knowledge, ask questions, dive deep. You have to know and understand this stuff. And speaking of that, that kind of, that kind of goes into our own little <laughs> a mess up the horror story. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and start it off. You know, <laughs> crypto side. Because <laughs> uh, I remember, like, one time, I I thought I lost, like, seven or eight grand at one time. That's, that's why you shouldn't be panicking, too. You know, like, like keep your mind straight. Also, especially when you're messing with certain hardware wallets. Because it's good to have a hardware wallet. But I thought mine had got rid of all my cryptos, like, causing me to put in my private keys again. And then it still won't showing up. But if I had kept panicking because I was sweating, like I like I was to the point where I just stood up for no reason. So, but it turns out like the deeper I look, you know, because I kept calm somewhat, that the I 
I did something on an accident, you know, which is why you got to pay attention to what you're doing too, you know, especially concerning cryptos. Like if you send an address, double check, go back to the page and then copy it again if you have to, or just look back and forth just to make sure, because if you send your cryptos to the wrong address, then you're going to lose them. So just apply that same knowledge to everything you're doing, especially when you're storing cryptos also. So what happened was, so as I looked deeper into like the wallet's features, it, I did something on an accident, which is I started a private section within the wallet. That's not, that's not going to show. So that's why I didn't see my funds, but my funds were still there. I just had to turn it off. So it was like a hidden folder. Yeah, it was definitely a hidden folder. So, so if you, so to take, if you want to learn from this, you know, just pay attention to what you're doing, you know, learn more about the wallet that you have. Like when it comes to storing your cryptos, so you cannot overreact and, you know, just stay calm. Don't overreact Just stay calm. Look, look like double check, look deeper if you have to. So, so, and then, then there's a time where I actually lost money <laughs> too. <laughs> like I bought like buying at the top like buying at all time highs, which I try not to make a habit of doing, you know, you can buy low, but buying at all, but no matter where you're at, buying at all time highs is going to mess you up because, you know, it's as high as it, it can go. And then it drops straight down like five times or 10 times less. Exactly. And to cut in real quick, when you're talking about all time highs, again, this this is this goes into um learning things. The all time high is basically say Apple for example. If it's at a hundred dollars right now, and all of a sudden somehow it reached the two hundred dollars, it has never reached two hundred dollars before, never in its history. That's called an all time high. When it reaches a new high price that's never been before, that's the all time high. And usually, like you know, eighty percent of the time. When it reaches an all-time high, it might creep up a little bit more, but eventually it's going to drop down either to its original price or way lower than 200. It might be, you know, 150, 140. It got to breathe a little bit because people are taking profit at the top. Okay, it's reached an all-time high. Oh, this is the highest price it's ever been. I'm going to sell my shares now. Same thing for cryptos. Right. The exact right. same thing. There's no difference. Cryptos have an all-time high too. Everything reaches an all-time high. Okay, you know, price just moves. So eventually, people are going to take profit. I can make money off this now. It's reached an all-time high. I bought it at $100. Now Apple's worth $200. I can make a $100 profit. That's not including, depending on how many shares I have. Say I have like, you know, 30 shares. Or just even three shares. That's an extra $300 I made. So don't ever make the mistake of buying it at the all-time high. Oh, yeah. Okay, especially it will drop. <laughs> especially cryptos. Because cryptos drop heavy. <laughs> It dropped heavy, but uh, you know, if you got the got the right one, and if it's not a pump and dump, you know, it'll go back up eventually. But still, I lost a lot of money doing that. You know, buying <laughs> all time highs, and then I also lost, just like I talked about earlier about double checking your address. I also lost money sending it to the wrong address because, you know, I didn't double check. There was like two addresses like close to each other, but they were two different addresses when I was doing a Ronin bridge, you know, when I was crypto game. So I try to add funds to my game, but I end up copying the wrong address and I lost money. I didn't lose too much. You know, I lost $50, but imagine if I had, you know, transferred like all my money, tried to transfer all my money, I would have lost $700.
So Crazy, that that man. taught me to double check. <laughs> that taught me to double check the hard way. I'm still mad about that fifty, but it could have been much worse. <laughs> oh, I can tell you much worse. <laughs> and then and then there's another uh then there's another um thing that scared scared me to death too because like um some wallets work different. So there's this one wallet where I can access it just by you know easy just by putting in the password and putting it and putting the email too, like on another device. Like a lot of a lot of other wallets, you can't do that as easy. So I added a Google uh, Google Authenticator, right? So when you add a Google Authenticator, you know it's going to be uh, for your local device, which is why you know which limits the weakness of two um, two factor authentication, which I talked about with that hacker getting access to your phone number. You know it can protect you from that because. Uh, because, well, it can protect you from him entering, using it to enter your account because you have to add another layer. So Google Authenticator is just going to be for your phone and it can't trans transfer over unless you import it, you know? So like when you get a new phone and then you transfer everything automatically, all your files, that Authenticator is not going to go with it. You have to literally go in there and then put it in there or you're going to have to uh, write down your keys which i'm glad i did when like when i go to, go into the store so i had to so i had to add another layer of protection so if i enter on so if i try to um enter my email and password to get into my wallet on another device i'm gonna have to have that google authenticator you know so i have to actually go back to my phone to reveal it so so that way nobody else who has my email or has my um phone number can access it so that's what I did. I added another layer. Um, I forgot that I wrote it down. So when I had gotten a new phone, I transferred all the files, but I didn't go back into that authenticator and import it into that phone because it's not going to go nowhere else automatically. And then so everything's already up. The phone is already off. I can't go back into it. So I try to get into my account just by entering the email and the password, but it needed that authenticator which I left on my phone and I couldn't go back on there, but I had, so that scared me to death right there. You know, I'm, I was going to like, I had sent the email and everything, but then I forgot that I had wrote, wrote it down. I said, let me see if I wrote it down. Then I wrote it down on the card and stored it somewhere safe too. So I already took safety precaution. I was smart enough to write it down. So that was a huge relief right there. Cause I would have lost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so take, you know, you know, extra steps to be safe. And, um, yeah, just you know, pay attention to what you're doing too. Definitely pay attention to what you're doing. Cause, uh, I can tell you some ways to lose some money. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Cause I, I lost money. <laughs> oh, this goes, this goes back into the whole all time high being greedy and not understanding the market. This is my personal story. Around, I want to say when I first started, I guess when I say my first few months options trading. And no, needs to say, I was doing, it was good. I was doing great, you know, making profits, uh, executing trades well. But I got complacent and I got greedy. And boy, did that sit me down. <laughs> <laughs> It set me down, humbled me real quick. Because <laughs> you can execute 
of course, like just like buying more than one stock, you can execute uh, one or more options trades at the same time. So this is me. I wouldn't say getting emotional, but I'm hopping off previous trades, like the energy and emotion I was feeling off previous trades. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I made a nice profit, a few hundred dollars off this trade. I was bringing in past thing, past emotions from one trade and going to another. You don't ever do that. Every new trade you execute is brand new. No clean slate. You start off new. You don't base it off previous trades. But that's exactly what I was doing. I was going off, yeah, it went up last time doing this. So, you know, I'm just going to do this. And that's exactly what I did. And not only that, I had four option contracts uh, running at the same time, four different ones. I had one for Apple. I had one for Spy. I had one for Visa. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, what's the other one I had? I had one for... Um, AMD, I have four different option contracts running. And each contract, well, let me not get into that part yet. Let, let, let's just say all, <laughs> all of those option contracts, the, the price for each, uh, at that, for that particular stock was at an all-time high. I was so greedy and not doing my research and because I was reading charts and stuff, but I, I wasn't paying attention. I'm like, you know, I'm just basing off the last trade. <laughs> I didn't realize all of these stocks were at the all-time high. <laughs> they all were at, like, the all-time or near around it. They were, they were doing good. And all of them dropped. I look <laughs> at my portfolio. I literally lost money. Bro, I lost, like, $3,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I made that mistake. Uh, yeah, I, I lost about three grand, my son. Lost three thousand. All this wasn't overtime. This is all in the same day within like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and again, uh, I got hit with the FOMO. I'm like, no, I lost three thousand. I got to make some of it back. I bought another option. <laughs> I bought another option contract. I did another trade. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm go long on it again. I, I know I can make some of it back. I lost another three hundred. <laughs> and then I still had like two hundred left, so I went searching for a cheaper option contract and lost two hundred dollars again. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost around like thirty five hundred dollars. Oh man! <laughs> All because I got too greedy. I didn't understand the the market context at the time. And I got complacent off of previous trades I make I made in the past. All because I didn't pay attention and I was too greedy. And boy, losing uh almost four thousand dollars set me down quick. Oh Humbled. man. It yeah, didn't take me out of the game, but it definitely did hurt me. Yeah, that definitely does hurt. Cause I man. I remember when we talked about this before, like, yeah, I lost that. I lost grants in a week, but you say you lost that much in an hour. <laughs> it was all like within an hour. Too. <laughs> Everything yeah. I built up gone. Uh, yeah, man. So yeah, you're going to get some experiences. That's, that's going to humble you and then make you better at the end, you know, cause you know, look how we like, look how we turned out, you know, we're with, um, it made us better traders, you know, better investors, and then, you know, more likely to warn people, you know, like through our experience too, 
even though we ain't telling you what to do, we're just giving you the idea of what not to do. Exactly. We don't want you to make the same mistakes we did. Now, you're still going to make mistakes. There's no way of escaping that. We just don't want you to go down the path we did. We're trying to warn you that there's going to be a bumpy road here. You're going to trip and fall. Don't trip and fall like I did on this like pothole or something or whatever. We don't want you going there. Yeah, you're either going to get better or you're going to get worse. Please just choose to get better. Yep, and there's people that um, lost even more than me option trading. Me reading, doing research. I've been looking at posts. I was like, yeah, I was up like 16,000. And then it turned out I lost like 42. I was like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> like, they were up 16,000. Like, they could have profited 16,000, but by holding on to other things, they were down like 32,000. I'm like, oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, there's people that lost way, <laughs> way more than us. So I'm glad we ain't get that bad. But it's still bad. Me losing like thirty five hundred dollars in that short amount of time too. That just makes you want to give up right there. It kind of did. Like I'm not gonna lie, I was just sitting there. I'm like, I lost it all. I'm just sitting there. I was like, but you know, I, I was self reflected, looked at everything I did, and understood where the problem lied, which was me. I'm like, I got too greedy. I got too complacent. And the thing is, for I know at least option traders, this is going to be a wall people have to climb. This wall people can't climb. Some people stay at the bottom and will never be able to get over this wall. But this is a wall you're going to hit. This is one of the major walls you're going to hit. Is when you lose out on a trade, a bad one. And yeah. this kind of, this kind of like weeds out, you know, the good from the bad. Who's not I mean, who's going to be decent at it? Who has like the mental fortitude to take it on again? Yeah, man. And then some people just, you know, just lost so much, you know, like they probably they probably got like what ten percent of what they got left, and then you know just keep keep holding until eventually got goes back up. Like some people give up, and then some people be like, man, I just might as well hold it and lose the rest of it. You know, um, just like um, like like one video I was watching, you know, with the Hodge twins, he was like, "You didn't lost everything. You still got ten percent of what you got. Just hold it and just lose it all, <laughs> basically." <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, you're gonna you can't go into this game and then expect not to have losses, but just do your research and pay attention <laughs> attention to what you're doing, and then um, if you lose bad, just become better from it. You know, uh, exactly what don't kill you, make you stronger. Oh, yeah, because it definitely made us stronger, which is um why we're going to get into the news part. Also, you know, like how the news can affect the market, which which um, but uh, it can't be related to flooding, but it automatically affects the market as soon as that happened, though. Yeah, it directly affects. Uh, the market and what we mean about news it can be proper uh propaganda regular news or uh, um uh, a disaster happening in a country something happening to a particular person that has uh some type of relationship with this particular company or or whatever all yeah. that affects the market price yeah it, and it, yeah it can be a disaster it can be a war or it can be a massive hack and then the market goes down yeah and either the price will go down or something good can happen in the news and the price will go up. Like to give a, a quick example, like 
um, a presidential election that can affect the market because we don't know who's going to be the president, uh, the president at the time. Um, you have certain investors, uh, major ones. Again, this goes back in the terms we call them whales. Why do we call them whales? Because they make the biggest splashes in the sea. This could be yeah. major mogul companies or a sole person, like a a millionaire billionaire. They can they have such a large amount of liquidity and shares. They can l- directly affect the market just by selling off their shares or you know buying more. Because they have such a massive amount of money, they can do that. So maybe some of them don't like who the president might become, or is that the president they wanted? They can re- withdraw their money about um, withdraw their money, and they can sell off their shares or a particular uh, company. And it's not even them; it's it's just the market sentiment and how the market feels. A large amount of people don't like that particular decision or who the president is. It will literally affect the market. Another example: give on um, Tes- uh, Tesla, for example, Elon Musk. You know, no knock on wood. Let let's just say. Um, he found out he uh, got a disease. It's a curable one, but he, he just got a disease. But we won't have all the information what disease he has. I'm not saying he has one now. This is just purely hypothetical. That he contracted some type of disease. And we didn't get all the information yet that this is a curable disease. We just know off the news he has a disease. I guarantee you it will affect the price of Tesla. It will drop pretty significantly and then say we did find out what disease it has and if it was a very incurable one it would definitely drop because now like I said we we find out he might not have too long to live or whatever the case may be all that will affect the market yeah and when, and we ain't to talk about you know certain certain shares you know we're talking about like either the majority of the market or the whole market for real. Oh yeah. Other things can affect the entire market. Like a good example would be um I don't want to get like too political, but like, you know, the war we're having um right now not we're having, but the war is going on between Russia and Ukraine. Yep, that we're in right now. That's happening right now. Yeah, that's affecting um our markets as well. And that and you're forgetting Russia has their own stock markets too, so that's it's a, probably a crushing blow to their markets right now. Yeah, the same thing for Ukraine. And then isn't, and then um, I think we talked about this before. Like, like the moment that started to happen, it was like harder to get Russian rubles or something like that. Something like that, and uh, yeah, we was talking about forex and all that stuff. So, yeah, even though I ain't, I ain't like deep into forex myself. I well never played in it, but it's just something I heard before too. Same here, same here. So like all of that affects the market. Yeah, definitely. And then um oh yeah, and then there's what this tether situation too, like certain signals, you know, or like certain alerts, you know, affect can affect the market too. Like a lot of people look at these trackers or these uh, alerts on Twitter. You know, because Twitter is big in the crypto market. So when they see something like Tether minting like a billion coins or like a hundred million, that actually affects the crypto uh, crypto market too. Is is actually gonna like most of the time is gonna make it go up. 
or you know, I mean, not shoot up high, you know, like super high, but like when it, when cryptos are dropping down, then it just um then it just keeps it up like right after um the alert happens. Right, right. So yeah, certain news and then like certain articles you read or you know, even um alerts on the social medias, yeah, that that'll definitely affect the market, like depending on like what's going on. So that's why like these YouTube channels be talking about like um, especially if you watch the bearable bull, they'd be talking about black swan events. Because even though they talk about um, they talk about strictly the crypto market, they talk about events that's going to affect the market because these black swan events do affect the market. Just like we talked about earlier. Right. And then there's other things, too. I guess we can get off the doom and gloom. They can be good news that affects the market in a good way. Like um, a hypothetical example, say Facebook and uh, we can say Facebook and Instagram merge together to become one um, new type of uh, social media. That that can affect the market because now it's something new, something brand new. It's it's a it's a company decision for the uh, for the better of the company. It's a I wouldn't say it's a good decision, but you get what I'm you get what I'm trying to say. That it could be a good, profitable, profitable decision for them to make. They uh Facebook and Instagram become one company. That could immensely shoot up the price of Facebook immensely. And that could affect other uh technological uh companies within the market too. Um Another example, like, you know, the Dow Jones, I think that has to do with uh, industrial uh, companies. Say, like, a cat. You know. What I was going to say. Oh, yeah, cat. Like, the company that makes uh, construction equipment and machines. Say they came out with a brand new machine that's able to, I don't know, dig out more dirt or whatever the case is. That can affect their price too, because now they're able to make, you know, they're able to make more machines, better equipment, to speed up the process of construction faster. That means more money in the other people's pockets, more money for the company, more money for other people, you know, having their hands in that jar. That's right. good news yeah. that can affect the market. Little things like that, and then of course we got the major things. Like we was talking about war, but even small stuff can affect the market. Yeah, and then I'm uh, um going on the good news parts too. Starting off with um like Facebook, well now Meta too, um because Facebook was Facebook at first, and then what like the moment they announced that they um changed their name to Meta, you know, like like Metaverse, since um they're going to be dabbling into the Metaverse, then Metaverse crypto started going up. You know, just like um, the central land, like the like the major ones, the central land is saying if if you ever heard of them, they like um a lot of metaverse tokens started going up ever since they announced that. You know, it was all on articles and stuff. So that's another example right there. Exactly, there's plenty of examples. So many to go on, small scale or even um large scale. There's a lot of examples like that. Yep. So. Um, that's it for this episode, you know, so, and, and this one, this one was very important because, you know, like we went over the pros of, you know, 
dabbling to the market, but you know, there's the cons too. And then that that's why this episode is so important because we had to, you know, we had to get a um get a little dark dark with this and tell people, you know, what they needed to hear. Yeah, so, it, it got a little grimy, but like like I said, it had to be done. Do your research and just know what you're getting into. Yeah, pay attention to what you're doing. Also, you know, especially well, no no matter which market, you know, you know, pay attention. Pay attention to what you're doing and pay attention to what's going on too. You know, so you won't miss out on certain things or make certain mistakes also. But this is not financial advice. This is just for entertainment purposes, you know, that um that we had to state over and over again. And you know, no we're not rich. You know, we just we just talk about money. We just like talking about money. Yeah. That's like, not even access for money either. <laughs> <laughs> so, so me and my daughter saying you're starving <laughs> like yeah my portfolio starving I ain't got no more money <laughs> my lunch money went into crypto <laughs> I put my whole savings into it he told me to do I didn't tell you to do nothing <laughs> I didn't tell you to do nothing did, did you learn from that documentary <laughs> uh, you skipped some parts didn't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you didn't listen to the whole episode <laughs> yeah listen to the whole episode Oh man, well yeah. So yeah, we ain't rich. We just talk about money, you know. And then we'll see you all for episode four. Till next time. Till next time. See ya.